Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 22 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today, we're talking all about Street Fighter 2. My name is Joe Morata, and player two over here, the new challenger, Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Hiya. 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 Yes, I, know, I know karate. Yes, you I, do. I, I fight on the streets. All the martial arts I, on the I, streets. I'm, I'm an expert. Yeah, and folks, you guys might be experts in retro pop culture, but if not, we hope you learn a thing or two here as we get through Street Fighter 2, one of the most successful video game franchises of all time. Mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun to talk about this. Thank you guys so much for being with us here. If this happens to be your first episode, we don't only talk about video games. We talk about all sorts of retro pop culture topics. We do. This isn't the only thing. No, but yeah. this is a thing that we this, talk about. Oh, this is a thing. This is a thing. And if you uh, if you haven't browsed our archives, why don't you check them out? Tons of other episodes. Where, Quinn? In the archives. In the archives. So check those out. You might find something else that you like on there. And uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and Go to Facebook if you have one and join the Acid Washed Memories group. Fun time, no drama. People just having fun reminiscing no about BS. stuff. No just, BS. Just talking about Street Fighter and other, and other various fun... Food last week. Restaurants. Food, yeah. All sorts we, we of stuff. We did the food last week. Cartoons. All, all things are welcome. We, we, we've done it all, really. We've done it all, really. So why don't you join the group if you haven't yet? All right. Well, we're talking about Street Fighter 2 and how we got to Street Fighter 2. Yeah. And to be very upfront here, there is a lot to the Street Fighter canon that follows the Street Fighter 2 series. There's the Alpha series and Mm -hmm. 3. and There's all sorts of stuff after, but we're only going up to Street Fighter 2. We're going up to Street Fighter 2, which means the door will be left Mm -hmm. open for future episodes. Personally, I'm a huge uh, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike fan. Yes, you are. But we will not be discussing that Not in this episode. Uh, We are specifically talking about up to the Street Fighter 2 series. But I did want to open, Quinn, just a quick volley to you. In the pantheon of mm-hmm. uh, fighting games, which are now ubiquitous. Yeah, there's thank, a lot of them. Thanks yeah. to Street Fighter. Is this your favorite series? It's between this and um, I really like Tekken. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Street Fighter's obviously had its up and down since the late 90s. Yeah. And that's pretty well documented. But man, its ups were very up. And it is probably one of the if not the most influential fighting games that there's ever been. I mean, I feel like all modern fighting games owe a debt of gratitude to Street Fighter 2 specifically. Specifically. Because 1 is... Oh, we'll talk about 1. We have things (laughs) to say. Chances are most of you, if not all of you, uh, unless you're not a video game player, have played Street Fighter 2 in some variant, in some iteration. But if you haven't, but you've played a fighting game from the 90s or beyond... That game you've played, like Quinn said, probably has some traits of influence from Street Fighter 2. Yeah, whether it be, you know, characters, like the basics, like characters and stages and that kind of thing. Mechanics. Or even down to, like, the very specific nuanced mechanics, like Punish and, you know. Or if you've ever done a combo. Yeah, Shuriken and, and Hadouken exactly. and those motions and all the very nuanced specifics, combos, that kind of, all that stuff. It 
kind of all came from Street Fighter for the most part. Obviously, Street Fighter 2 spawned multiple sequels and offshoots, uh, multimedia franchises, you know, movies, animated series, all sorts of merch. Mm-hmm. And it influenced a lot of games. Like we said, SNK's King of Fighters series. That was Art like of the Fighting. immediate influence. But even to me, the 3D fighters have a little tinge of Street Fighter to them, down to like the way the, the punching and kicking works sure. and, and some of the manu- maneuvers you can do. Right. And obviously, Midway's Mortal Kombat, uh, yeah. which... There wasn't a template until Street Fighter for a successful fighting game. Mortal Kombat was a lampoon of Street Fighter. In a lot of ways, it it was. Again, somehow, even if it's very different, it owes its existence to Street Fighter. It does. And it was a lampoon of, like, Pit Fighter also. A bunch of stuff. Yeah. And it piggybacked off the success. And Street Fighter 2 pretty much helped define what a fighting game is to this day in terms of most Mm -hmm. of the things that we've mentioned. But how did we get there? That's the important question. Right. What is a street? Well, it's a place where uh, people travel, whether it be in vehicles, <laughs> scooters, uh, their feet, yep. various other modes of transportation. Horse and buggy back in yeah, the day. Yeah, horse and buggy. Yep. And, and so it gets you to where you're going. Right. And sometimes if people are in the street and they bump into each other, oop, you might have a rumble. Round one. Fight. fight. Yeah. Exactly. So obviously you guys know what a straight is. This uh-huh. is the joke part of the thing. It's really funny, right? That's hilarious. Some of the previous fighting games, uh, Heavyweight Champ, which we actually mentioned when we were doing Punch-Out a couple of right, weeks ago. boxing. Yeah, that was actually, that is pretty much recognized as the first video game to feature fist fighting. Okay, there you go. And I guess it but is. only fist fighting. Fist fighting only, yes. Uh, Heavyweight Champ was 1976, uh, Sega. However, it was a game known as Karate Champ by Data East in 1984. They mm-hmm. popularized the one-on-one fighting, you know, not in a boxing ring, yeah. just a one-on-one fight. <laughs> Karate Champ is very rudimentary. It is. It's slow, and it, right. you know, it's it's just if you knock them down, I think you get a point, just like karate. And yeah. it, it's very, very basic. But I guess maybe that's sort of a template of like, okay, this is how it works. You got a life bar, and, yeah. a, and you got two guys fighting each other. Right? Exactly you right. Know? Exactly right. Just very the most basic of base. No like deep mechanics or anything. No, no, yeah. very, very rudimentary, like you said. Uh, that same year, in 1984, Data East also released Kung Fu Master, which was a game that uh, is inspired by some Jackie Chan movies at the time, mm-hmm. and is considered the beat 'em up game prototype, where you're walking is down the street. Is this Spartan X and yes. Kung Fu and all that? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yes, Spartan I, We always call it Kung Fu. Yes. Like, like, not Kung Fu Master. Well, the arcade game was Kung Fu Master. Okay. Spartan X was its uh, name in Japan. I know that. And it was ported to the Nintendo Entertainment System right. as Kung Fu under the direction of Shigeru Miyamoto, of course. Yep, yep, <laughs> of course. He's involved with everything. <laughs> And then there was uh, Yayar Kung Fu by Konami in yep. 1985. This was also inspired by Bruce Lee movies, of mm-hmm. course. I always call this Yi-Air Kung Fu. Yi-Air, Yi-Air. Yeah, it's such a weird name. Let's meet Capcom, because obviously they're the ones that produced Street Fighter 2. They're also uh, known popularly for the Mega Man 
series, mm-hmm. uh, Resident Evil, Resident games, Evil, yeah, yeah. Uh, other Ghosts franchises, and Goblins, Ghosts and Goblins, yeah. all sorts of stuff. They yeah, did Capcom, a lot of games. Capcom did so much stuff. They did a lot of games, and their predecessor was a company known as the IRM Corporation in 1979. The IRS, the IRS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're founded by the the IRS actually yeah. here in the United States. There was also a subsidiary formed off of that known as Japan Capsule Computers. Okay, uh, so now we're getting really close to the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're practically there already. You're Japan on, Capsule Computers. <laughs> Both of these companies, uh, IRM and Japan Capsule Computers, were manufacturers and distributors of electronic games, and they were both uh, merged into a company or renamed Sanbico in 1981. But in 1983, for you date fanatics, Capcom was established. And of course, Capcom is the shortened version of Capsule computers. I would say just a, a, a little primer on Capcom. They're like one of the pillars yes. of like the arcade. Like it's 100%. Capcom, Sega, Sega. Taito, Namco, yeah, Namco, like some of the all those. Konami con- also. Konami. They were one of the big players definitely. So like. A very important the, player. They had the chops, if you will, to uh, <laughs> to make something like now, this. Now is that a karate yeah. pun? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And just factual and as just well. factual, yeah. right? I mean, get two for the price of one yeah. here, folks. Perfect. Let's also meet a gentleman known as uh, Takashi Nishiyama. He was the developer of Kung Fu Master, incidentally, uh-huh. and then was hired by Capcom in 1986 and one day during uh, this is how the legend goes during a, um, a very long two-hour meeting with the capcom sales team and all that he just started daydreaming and he imagined in his mind a one-on-one fighting game tournament style inspired by game of death which was a bruce lee movie mm-hmm. and the design part of it wound up being based on enter the dragon more okay. on the design later and this game wound up becoming the first ever street fighter 1987, yes. August to be exact. This game. Let's talk about Street Fighter, the original. So, what's interesting about Street Fighter is all the um, base components of what would become Street Fighter 2 are present. Yeah. They're just executed terribly. Right. But, but they're there. They're 100% there. I think it's uh, the interesting thing about Street Fighter, the first one, is that as a kid of our generation, mm-hmm. but even maybe a kid back then, it depends on, I guess, what your age was. I had no idea what Street or Street Fighter One was, or that it even existed until well after playing Street Fighter Two and its variants Same. for a long time. And the funny part is, I did end up running into an arcade at the shore or something, really? like in the height of Street Fighter Two. But they had a Street Fighter original machine somewhere. Yeah, right. And I remember playing it and being like, what the hell is this crap? Yeah. Like, you could only be Ryu and Ken, and yeah. it was, like, weird. There, and, and it controlled, like, butt. There, but, <laughs> it does. It does control, yeah. like, someone's buttocks. That's not necessary. There is, if you had only played Street Fighter 2 and were used to the mechanics and the, the solid controls and the fluidity, and then you go back and you play the first one, you're like, what the hell is this? However... Obviously, in August of 1987, there had not yet been a precedent right. for Street so Fighter 2. So this is the best it got for fighting Correct. games in general. So the one thing is there's a lot more nuance than, like, Kung Fu. And it's, it, you know, you have, like, a round with time and you have to take the life bars down. Yes. And, and, you know, there's that aspect to it. And on top of it, there's special moves, which right. I don't ever remember being in any game before this. This is a game that popularized the special attacks. Not only are they special moves, they're not printed anywhere. Yeah. You have to just figure them out by happenstance. Arcade wizards had to figure it out. And to make matters worse, I want to just say this. The Hadouken itself 
isn't like reliable. Well, none of the controls are reliable, yeah. Quinn. Yeah. Right? I no, mean, and that's the, the problem. The response like, isn't that you good. You know, Hadouken is the same as it is in every Street Fighter ever. It's down, forward, punch. But, like, the timing is is so particular and weird yes. and not even like the other ones. I th- I've always theorized the window is shorter between For, when you have to hit punch at the end or possibly. something. Like, because it just it seems like it never comes out like you want it to. Right? Like, it never comes out when or... or that's how I feel when what, I make steak. Just saying. I mean, that's a good observation. Disappointing frying pan I got downstairs. But yeah, it's just like such a weird game. Well, it is a weird game. And there was a a peculiarity, an eccentric bit of uh, controls in the initial cabinets that they shipped, Quinn. The controls, they went for this new experiment. You want to describe what this was? It's almost like these gigantic buttons. Yes. So you kind of have to slap them. Pressure sensitive. Pressure sensitive buttons, right? But that shit didn't last long. Because people were just like pounding them in the arcades and just breaking them. And so they they just switched, the the cabinet switched at some point to just having like the standard like JAMA layout buttons from Japan or whatever. 100%. And just to give the fans an idea here, uh, there's three degrees of punching and there's three degrees of kicking. There's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right. Stop. And the idea was that you would hit it lightly for a jab, you would medium mm-hmm. and then hard. Right. But like Quinn said, everyone would just pound the shit out of these buttons. Right. As far as I can tell, I wouldn't want to play a video game that way. Like no. a fighting game? That just seems cumbersome. No. I'm but banging I can on see- it like a drummer. Here's the thing is I could see the the vision for it, right? Like in the, in the studio, right? In the They're studio. They're thinking like, Okay, we're making a fighting game, right? Yeah. Well, in real life, the harder you punch, the harder okay. it hurts somebody, fair right? Fair enough, fair you know? enough. Yeah. And so maybe that's what they were going for. Okay, you know what? That's, that's but it I like that. In practice, I mean, making it pressure sensitive is just insane. It is, and it's a very novel idea, but right. I think maybe a little too ahead of its time. They sold a thousand of those cabinets, that's it. Yeah, and then they just switched them. They switched them. Yeah. Uh, And there's also other weird, peculiar novelties to this game. Like, it has a sound card thing. So that it has actual voice in it, which was extremely rare back then. Hyper-realistic voice samples. Let's hear one now. Don't forget there are many gods. I do all over the world. Lifelike. Yeah. No, but it was it was ambitious for its time. The plot of the game is that we have a karate tournament going on uh, with various martial artists of various disciplines throughout Around the, the world. world. Yeah. yeah. All over the world. All over the world. And you, the main character, we'll get to him in one second, you travel to different countries and fight two people from each country. Right. So that's the way this goes. It's the same order no matter what, like in order of difficulty. Yeah. The main character, as you all probably know, but in case you don't, would be Ryu or Ryu, depending yes, on how you I know, wish that's to pronounce a debate that. Between, I've always called it Ryu. So but. have I. Uh, just got to cover our bases uh-huh. here. He is, at this time in the canon, a young Japanese martial artist. A young man. Uh, he wants to be the best. He just wants to be the best. He loves competition. <laughs> the most generic. That's like, what he is. He's vanilla. He's just a blank slate. He's Mario. He's you. Yeah, exactly. He's you. Might as well he's, put he, your initials he's, in. He's everything you want him to be. Is or he, what, what, everything you aren't. Is he you or is he Ryu? Aha. Uh-huh. Oh. I told you to stop. Sorry. Uh, now, there is a player, too. That's only if, obviously, another friend or rival is next to you and puts a quarter or in, 50 in cents machine, in. Yes. yes. Here comes a new challenger. <laughs> yes. hey. And you will play as Ken, who yeah. is later named Ken Masters, uh, Ryu's friend, 
rival and sparring partner, and he is from the USA. He's yeah. like three quarter Japanese. I don't want to get too deep into Honest, the weeds with the canon honestly, here. Honestly, like from like just a base perspective, he's opposite man. Basically, Ryu wears wh- white; he wears red. Ryu has brown hair; he has blonde hair. Right. Like he's just Mister Opposite Man, and like, he's a complete palette swap and head swap, exact duplicate though yeah. in terms of the moves. It's just to give player two like a thing. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Now, in the canon, I just want to mention this, in the canon of the video games, which kept getting established later... <laughs> which, is, which is always funny. I just want to say this right off Go the ahead. bat before we get into all the Street Fighter canon. Yeah. It's like, I've always felt like all of this shit is secondary. It like, is. nobody really cares. You just play the game. I know game. that's going to upset some people. <laughs> like, it's like, but what What about Gorbachev and all that stuff? Like, <laughs> you know, like, honestly, it never really was a thing to me. The canon. Yeah, the okay, canon. Fair enough. Personally. In the canon, though, uh, he doesn't actually enter the tournament, you know, uh-huh. so uh, he's not in the tournament. That's why you don't fight him. He went to the U.S. to do some other karate tournament. He's the champion of America or Yeah, whatever. he did some other champion thing. So uh, the characters, uh, some of which would reappear, some would not really. Let's go over them because they're not as memorable as obviously the ones from Street Fighter 2. Yeah. But in Japan, you're going to fight two people. The first one is Retsu, who is a uh, basically a karate instructor, and I guess he was a uh, He looks just like a, like a monk of some kind. Kind, right? He kind of looks like one, yeah. yeah. And then you fight Geki, who is a ninja, and yeah. he has like claw like Vago later would. So there's a probably a, a nugget of an idea that was in the developers' Yeah, there heads, you go. Right? Right. Yeah. A germ of an idea. Yeah. Then you go to the U.S., you're going to fight uh, the very uh, imaginative name, Joe. Now, Joe looks like just Ken without a shirt on, like, well, you know, like in a sense, right? I think the deal with Joe is that, uh, is he the one in the beginning of the Street Fighter 2 intro? Oh, he's the guy that punches through the wall. I, That's I, him. No, I think you're right, actually. In Street Fighter 2. Yeah, I think. He's also he? got a guile look going on to him, yeah, too. Yeah, blonde hair. Yeah. He is a former, this is very original, former karate champion, but. Oh, he's the, like the disgruntled. Yeah, and he was a criminal. Yeah. You yeah. know, stuff like so that. So he's got some Cody in him, too. He's got a little Cody. Uh, then we have Mike. And now, Mike, I want to clear <laughs> this up right now. Mike is not Balrog. Right, which Balrog is Bison. Yes, we'll get into that. Vega and all that, yeah. But Mike is not Balrog. However, he is a former heavyweight boxer. He's a Mike Tyson He killed an opponent in the ring. Yeah, Yeah. he's probably, because Tyson was popular at the time, he's probably in there. But basically, he's a boxer turned criminal. Okay. So there you go. There you have it. In China, you will fight Li, who is a uh, karate expert of sorts and likes the kung fu. Mm-hmm. And very non, very nondescript he's, character. He's, he is nondescript. He really is. Yeah. Then yeah. you have Gen. Now this guy would come back. This is yes, this he is would. one of the guys who would come. He back. comes back in the Alpha series. Yes. So Gen is a uh, an old man. We're going for that trope here, yeah. right? Professional assassin, apparently, and he has his own kung fu style, and he just wants to win shit he's, and he, hurt he's people. He's kind of the classic elderly yes. gentleman who fights, Mr. You, Miyagi. Yeah, but you like think he's like, oh, he get out of here, old Carlo. man. Yeah, like get out of here, old man, <laughs> yeah. and he just kicks your ass. Yes, like it's basically because he's skilled. He's like Mr. Fuji. Yeah, ha, it, ha. <laughs> that good. In England, we go to meet Birdie. Now, Birdie... He would come back, too, ...would definitely. reappear in the Alpha series. Birdie is a mohawked giant bouncer, basically. Mm-hmm. I, he kinda, he's a unique character to me. He looks yeah. he looks way different than, like, everyone. The leather pants, the vest and everything. Uh-huh. He uses wrestling and boxing and stuff. He's kind of supposed to be, like, a punk rocker. He's kind of yeah. like a... 
Rocksteady or Bebop before they mutated. Yeah, and as far as this game's concerned, he's clearly like the Zangief, the the big brawler yeah, type, the brute. Uh, he's not exactly a wrestler, but you know, he's no, he's, he's got not. throws and stuff. No one's as exactly anything in this yeah. game because of the limitations of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's named after a golf term, obviously, and so is the next guy in England, Eagle. Now, Eagle's a, another returning character, but he would come back in Capcom um, versus SNK two. Yes. Also, he's in something else he, there, after there's that. There's some other thing he's in. You're right. I forget specifically, and I don't want to misspeak. Yeah, so, so we'll leave. It I want to you say guys. he's in like some version of Alpha Three that like mm. Max or something like where they added maybe, weird people. Maybe or, I could like be that. incorrect though. So Eagle has he's a, very much a contrast to Birdie, whereas Birdie you know is a rough and tumble bouncer with a mohawk and leather. Eagle wears like suspenders and a dress shirt, and he fights with yeah. sticks. Mm-hmm. They're sticks, right? He's English, Joe. Yes, he, well, he's, very, he's a gentleman. They fight with sticks. Yeah, in well, he's not going to put his hands on you, get well, you dirty. True. But Birdie would, yeah, because he's from the. Well, he, he's a bruiser. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's a bruiser. Remember, he lives in the bathroom in Street Fighter Alpha <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> he, he does. By the way, it's at this point. As if the game wasn't hard enough because you're used to Street Fighter 2 and it's like it's like playing Street Fighter 2 when it's broken or something. I love that like everyone's experience with this is they played Street Fighter 2 first. It was yeah. like that obscure and like and it didn't it wasn't even that unknown. It's just people like forgot this existed. Right. Like that's pretty much what it is. You know, in fact, we always have a call to action or two here. <laughs> if and this is probably not anyone listening, but I I want to hear it. If you played the original Street Fighter in 87. Like before In two. 88. Yeah, yeah like, like we're not, t- like I'm not talking you went back and found this. Right. We're talking like you just happened upon this game. Right, in, in the 87 arcades. or whatever. And you're like, oh, I liked it. It was yeah, good. Yeah. We want to hear from you. I love stories like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, this game is hard and, and obviously each country you go to, it gets harder. How but, many quarters by this point have right? you sacrificed? Because th- this, this is game, a lot of dough, man. We're, we're not exaggerating where this game pulls no punches. It's like a real jerk it's like <laughs> like it just is right because even if you're an expert street fighter 2 player you have the instincts for what to do but it's on like top of it there's like playing in jello or yeah, something you can't do stuff as this progressively goes on these guys like hit abnormally hard even compared to like other street fighters right like they're more just like boss characters they're all that's part of the idea yeah. that that he had was they're all boss fights right it's like every match is there's a, boss a lot fight. there's a lot if of them. on one quarter hell no that's a hell that's a yeah. lot so there's eight fights so if you get past eagle you're going to go to thailand and in thailand you're going to face adon now adon is a muay thai yeah master so, so, he so uses to speak kicks and punches yeah. and knees that kind of thing and he's very much uh, a pain in the ass in this game mm-hmm. a giant pain he's like fast yes um, and he's obnoxious about yeah. it Now he would appear in the Alpha series. And yes, beyond. he would. He was another one they they converted over for that. Good pick. I mean, he's a good character. Yeah, I, I, I like being he's, able to play him. He looks unique. He looks unique, and he is the number one disciple of the boss of the game. Yes, if you didn't know this, the original last guy that you face in Street Fighter is Sagat. And there's an important lore point here that oh, I must there's say. lore. So this is Sagat. You may know him from every Street Fighter freaking ever. Yeah, eye patch. Um, but there's one unique thing missing. And what? there's no scar on his chest. Yes, Michael yes. Quinn. So Sagat, uh, the emperor of Muay Thai, by the right. way. Oh, that's yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, no, that's real. The emperor. He is insanely hard. I cannot imagine playing this for the first time, <laughs> not having played Street Fighter Two. Also, not knowing like what a Hadouken is and stuff. Right. Like you're like, I don't even know if there's 
moves. Right. <laughs> and he's shooting a tiger fireballs at yeah, you yeah. and stuff. Yep. Good tiger Lord. knee. Yeah, tiger knee. Yeah. He is uh, insanely hard. He's worried about the knowing Mui. Title. Yeah, he knows the Mui, Quinn. Yeah. And he dresses like he knows the Muay Thai as well, with the purple trunks and the mm-hmm. short and everything. But anyway, he's got the eye patch. He lost his eye in a fight with... We don't need to get into it. it D- D- Don Habiki's dad. We don't need to talk about it. Go Dan Habiki. Habiki. It's Dan, pronounced Dan's, Don. Dan's Papa. Yes. Papa go, Dan. go Habiki. Yes. We don't need to really talk about it, but I just... In case anyone's like hanging in We shouldn't even that. spend too much time We're on not. Dan because... We're not. Dan. He's a parody character, yeah. remember? <laughs> yes. He's a parody they, of SNK. Who then they decided <laughs> yeah. later, they're like, let's give him moves. Yes, right? exactly. But anyway, anyway, the scar that you would recognize uh, from Street Fighter 2 and Beyond that Quinn referenced, it is not there because in the canon, Ryu wins the tournament with the dragon punch and leaves a massive scar on Saget's chest, and mm-hmm. he gets very upset about and that. And history is made. And history is made. And that never goes away, that scar. <laughs> no, it doesn't, in actually. iteration of... It even has it in Alpha, because it's supposed to, like, be right after, after or something. It's right yeah. after, yeah. I got the bell. You have now in the wild. Game over. So anyway, this game is, like we said, insanely hard, and if you've never played it, I can't say I blame you, because maybe you're not, like, a hardcore... Street Fighter fan. Yes. I don't see why you would play this unless you were a hardcore, curious Street Fighter the fan. Other, the other way I could see people playing it is, um, you know, when they release those collections. Like, yeah. a co- only, I don't know, only like three or four years ago, le- maybe less, that they, they released a Street Fighter collection where it had all the games. So maybe, you know, like, I know sometimes when I get those collections, I like to go through each one Poke of them, them once. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely, that was the last revisit of that game although i didn't yeah. have much fun it's not really one of my go-tos it yeah. never was yeah uh, it just it's like for history's sake it it's is for posterity it's for posterior really yeah. now we talked about how it kind of established though the formula of what the street fighter games were going to be you know two out of three rounds the health meters the mm-hmm. punches and the kicks the special attacks there's also a bonus game which is really kind of crummy it's like where you chop the wood Oh, yeah. Remember? That, that thing stinks. Yeah, that one's... <laughs> it's like Mortal Kombat takes that, though. Yeah. That, they take that one. Much better, though. They yeah. do it better. It is better. And Ryu doesn't have a shirt when he's doing it for some it's reason. It's odd. It is odd. <laughs> I, so. I, always, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, remember that? And the controls, in theory, are what they would become. In theory. In theory, but in execution, absolutely not. They operate like molasses is covered on them, I'm it's telling the t- you. The timing's like all weird. It's, yes. It's very rigid. Yeah. And it, I've heard I've heard somebody once say that it's because it's like in Street Fighter 2, they allow two frames for you to like nail the timing, but in this one, it's like on the frame. Well, that would be so why So it's then. like really hard. It is hard. Now, when you do pull off three Hadoukens in a row, you completely win the round. Right. That's the one thing. That, oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's like the Hadouken is like half their life. Yes. Like it's insane. The, the specials are way overpowered because nobody knew them yet. And know? they're hard to do and on top. And they're hard to do. So reception wise, this was not a runaway hit, but it was also not a bomb or anything. It was, no. It was Japan's fifth highest grossing game of 87 and eighth highest of 88. Yeah, so it attracted some quarters. Like, people were interested. Coin. Yeah, yeah, it literally made coin. Literally yeah. made coin. Uh, it didn't do as well in the U.S., but it didn't bomb in the U.S. Clearly, it made it to all the boardwalks across the nation. Exactly. Because in, you down know... Down in Janks. The, yeah, down in Janks. Southside Jenkins. Johnny. Because, I mean... 
I always noticed the boardwalks would keep the arcade machines much longer because it's like they're only, you know, they're they seasonal. Have much money to put, yeah. They're also seasonal. Like, we're not going to buy like brand new ones every no. season. So they would keep all these old ones. Plus, if the boardwalk had more money, it wouldn't be Southside Johnny playing. Right, It'd be somebody yeah. better. Hi, Ian. Uh, the graphics, though, were particularly praised because these are huge, colorful sprites. They look good for the time. They really do. And the backgrounds, we didn't touch upon that kind of bland but they're like bland but you're getting a feel for where they're going right you're like oh okay i know where they are mount rushmore i know remember that's in mike's stage i think it yeah, is and one of them the great wall of china as well yeah i think like so that. yeah i forget who's maybe lee maybe i can't remember the biggest novelty though was the special attacks like mm-hmm. we said i want you to keep that in mind because those become something uh there this was ported and i need to mention this i'm gonna try to cover a <laughs> yeah, little bit of the this. ports so it was ported to the commodore 64 the zx spectrum if you will mm-hmm. the Amstrad CPC. But all these were not like true ports no. per se. Like they weren't, they didn't look like the No. Game. Yeah. The one that did. Yes. Was uh, 1988 in Japan on PC Engine CD and TurboGrafx CD in 89 in the US. Fighting Street. They changed the fucking title to Fighting Street. That doesn't make any sense. I think that's funny. Because it's almost like they're hiding that it's Street Fighter. Yeah. Because they don't want you. Because clearly they were developing the other one. Right. Yeah. Like, we don't want people to, like, know that this is related. We went on to associate it with this, yeah. right? Yeah, so- and this, this to me is also, I think, part of the whole, like, how nobody under like, when Street Fighter 2 came out, people were like, what was the first one? Right. right? It's yes, like, because though. of yes. stuff like that. Right. So, Fighting Street, which, if that's the name of the street I lived on, I'd move, you know? Yeah. Where do you live? Uh, 101 Fighting Street. This <laughs> is stupid. Sounds dangerous. It's a dumb name. <laughs> it's a bad name. The port's pretty good. I played it via emulation. It's actually okay. a very faithful port. It's only on the CD, too? Yeah. On top didn't, of it? Yes, Damn, that's yeah. like, su- that just makes it even more like, Rare. we hope nobody plays this, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, we hope nobody We're just doing it to just make a couple of extra <laughs> right. coins or yeah. something. And, and that's and, it. Like, yeah. But it obviously went well enough uh, that Capcom ordered a sequel, which, of course, we all know the sequel that they were developing was Final Fight? Final Fight, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this was originally <laughs> supposed to be like Street Fighter 89 or something, Yes, right? it was demoed as, as that at the trade shows right. at the time. But uh, this game is completely different. Yes, it is, Quinn. So it was developed by Akira Nishitani, uh, and the gameplay here was inspired by a very popular beat-em-up, Quinn, Double Dragon 2 right. at the time. It, this game's interesting, though, because Great to, game, by the to way. me, this game is a little different because it, it's not... You kind of like these little guys, and you, you, you punch, yeah, punch, punch, punch. Dink, dink, dink. dink. Like, yeah, it's not cartoony. as impactful. Right. It's closer to, like, Battletoads or something like that. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like, or River City Ransom, maybe. Or right? River City Ransom, which yeah, so. River City Ransom itself is, like, also an RPG or something. It's a fun game. Yeah, I love River yeah, City. Don't a, get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not doubting River City Ransom. Or Double it's, Dragon, right? Right. It's just they're not the beat-em-ups you would think of later, and that's what Final Fight did, is I think it kind of, like, said, like, this is what a pure beat-em-up looks like, yeah. right? And it was a hell of a game, man. Right. Oh, my God! This is the one, if you've never played it or heard of it, because, again, we don't know who you are that's listening. Maybe you haven't. Uh, you play as Mike Hager, the mayor of Metro City, which is New York. Yes, of the mayor has decided to fight. Yes. Well, Because <laughs> that's what mayors do. <laughs> it's very Imagine Ed Koch in Final Fight. <laughs> How like, am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Is he, like, punching people? <laughs> 
Um, now, he's a former professional wrestler, and the whole point here is that uh, the Mad Gear has taken over Metro City. Yes, they're a gang. Yeah, they're a gang. This of, is a very original plot. Of, of mean men. Very mean and very mad. And, and some ladies, too. Maybe well, ladies. possibly. Uh, and anyway, they've kidnapped Jessica, which is Mike Hacker's daughter. Isn't this right. a very, very unique plot? Oh, you mean the princess? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and you and have, she's in a castle or a tall building? <laughs> or a tall building. And yeah. you have to storm through the city with either the option of playing as her dad or as her boyfriend, Cody, or his friend and rival, Guy. Yes. But if you're on Super Nintendo, no, no Guy for you. You're screwed. Unless you play Final Fight Guy. But then you lose Cody. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what? what? It's hard times back then. Yeah. Anyway, this was a huge success as a beat-em-up here, and it ran on Capcom's new-ish at the time, CP System Hardware, which uh, is also known as CPS-1. Right. Some games you might have heard of that also ran on this. This is the arcade board, basically, and what it's capable of. The motherboard, essentially, of arcades. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like the console, but in... Yeah. Back then, they would... This was actually like a new concept with the CPS system, and there was other ones also, but this concept of like cartridges or something like behind the scenes, or, or some of them were just boards. Boards, yeah. Like SNK would go on to like really take off with this concept yes, in the correct. arcades. But these were for so arcade operators, they could buy one hardware and then they would just buy the games, right? Correct. And that's that's basically what this uh, right. ran on this new hardware here. Uh, Strider was on this, Ghoul, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts was on this, 1941, mm-hmm. which you probably heard of that arcade game, yeah, right? Yeah, the, the shooter. Yeah, the shooter. This all ran on there. And Final Fight was the highest grossing arcade game in Japan of 1990 and held on to number two in 1991. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to understand why either because really it was cool because you and a friend could go punching people in the streets and you're like these big overpowered characters. So you're fighting like a zillion people and it looks really cool just even from an attract screen, right? You're just, you walk by, you just see see people punching people and and there's a ton of characters on the screen. It looks awesome. It's beautiful. And the reason that we're mentioning this one is not only was a demo to street fighter 89 before they were like, you know what? No, this has nothing to do with street fighter. This is a different thing. Right. But the graphics, the sound design, the backgrounds, the artwork. Street Fighter 2 would take all of these cues yeah. from Final Fight. The- it's true. There, There's a lot of... I wouldn't call it influence as much as because it's from the same studio right so they're kind of yeah. like it's it's kind of like a preview of their, of, of their ideas that they were clearly working on here I even think the that, life bars look similar yeah, and stuff right yeah because it was again initially yeah. going to be a street fighter game uh, now a quick shout out to a side game not related to capcom SNK's Fatal Fury was the first uh, Street Fighter clone, so to speak, that popped up. It's first successful one, anyway. And maybe not known is that the first Fatal Fury is actually influenced by Street Fighter 1, not Street Fighter 2. Which is weird. Yes. But also, that's like, I almost feel it's cheap because it's like, (laughs) Street Fighter 1 is, is... you know, like glue and sticks. Like yeah. it's like barely a fighting game. It's I know. Like, it's like, oh, we can really take off with it because they're they. You know, they just gave us the template. Now we can like go wild. Yeah. With it, right. And the grand irony of it all is, it was developed by the same man, Takashi Nishiyama. He developed Fatal Fury. He yes. moved over to SNK. He had, he had uh, defected. He right? defected, and SNK, in their own right, if you don't know, would obviously become very successful in the fighting game realm as They'd well. They even start their own console. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Neo Geo. Yes, based on again, based, based on that on hardware arcade. we just mentioned, exactly. which was a competitor to CPS. Yep. Boring. Okay, so now finally on to the next Street Fighter game, the sequel, Street Fighter. 2010. Yes, this. You go to the future where you're Ken or something. <laughs> Somewhat confusingly subtitled The Final Fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, this game... Have you ever played it, folks? Yes, I've played I it. It's actually fun. 
It's like, a great game. It's a great little stupid NES game. Well designed. Like, yeah, it's not bad. It's What's just... What's the problem with it? It's called Street Fighter. You nailed it, it. Like, you're in the future and stuff? Like, 2010. Yeah, I don't understand. Very accurate depiction of the It's not even the, the future anymore. Were. Even the current Street Fighter games take place after that. You know, the future just ain't what it used yeah, to be. Yeah. Who said that? Yogi Berra? Did he? I think so. Well, sounds that, like that sounds like a yogiism. It does. But honestly, yeah, it's like this weird future with like frogs and weird space crap. Something with metal. I, I, it's horrible. <laughs> but like it's from a, like it looks junky now. Well, of course it does. I mean, even it's on for, the NES, Quinn. But it feels like I've always felt like it felt like a. Th- it's it's a fun game, but it's a very like thrown together NES game. Like it just feels like a bunch of weird assets. I guess so. If you've yeah. never played this, folks, it was only on Nintendo. Uh, Japan in August of ninety, USA in September of ninety. It's a side-scrolling platform action adventure game with a cyberpunk theme. Yeah, is the best way I can describe it. And it takes place in twenty ten. Sounds a lot like Street Fighter, right? Yeah, just so, like Street yeah, Fighter. Platforming cyberpunk <laughs> that's 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 what i think of when i think of street fighter it sounds like honestly they're just trying to capitalize on the name no yeah. well i'll give you a little hint in japan uh the main character's name is kevin straker and it has nothing to do with street fighter in the united states it is ken who is now a scientist it's just ken with cybernetic implants is this supposed to explain like just what, ken what ken's doing when he's not fighting in the tournament yeah, like, he's a that scientist. He's, like a scientist uh-huh. like Battler man. Battler man, yes. Yeah. That's a technical term. Yeah. A scientific term. Yeah. If you've never played it, folks, and you have access to an emulator uh, with Nintendo, download the ROM, find the ROM, and play it if you're a gamer. Because they sure it's... as hell don't sell it anywhere. <laughs> I have the cartridge. You What? Yeah. Really? I do. I don't know where. I think it's That's in my crawl space. I have the cartridge. I got it, I want to say, in 1998. <laughs> For what? At purpose? a flea market. What was, your, what was your... Were you just curious? I'd never played it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I have the cartridge. I think I got it for three bucks. Of course you did. At a- <laughs> <laughs> that would not, that would exactly what the price would be at, like, Funko Land yeah. or something, right? It might have been Funko Land or it might have been a free, free God, market. remember that? When they were, like, that, yeah. there was this era, kids, it was the, at, kids at home, believe it or not, there was, like, it up now. Be- there was a weird point in the late 90s where, like, nobody thought these games would retain any value at all. Yes. And they were just like, the NES now was like two systems behind and they were just trying to liquidate this stuff. Yeah, they're like, oh, you want Donkey Kong? It's a dollar. Right. (laughs) And they would buy them back for like pennies and sell them for like three bucks. Like, so they make like, you know, three times what they It was great. Yeah, they'd still make money. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I had a working NES and I bought the the cartridge and I played it. It was hard. I definitely got an NES at Funkoland for like 20 bucks. Like, yeah, you could. Yeah. Back then, you I could. I definitely did that. So anyway, check it out. Street Fighter 2010, 1990. Mm-hmm. But okay, finally, Street Fighter 2 is in development. On the heels of Final Fight, it was time to capitalize on the new CPS hardware here. Take the Street Fighter 1 concept, make it a lot to better. The next generation. To the right. next generation. And it was February 1991 when it came out. And we will talk all about that on the other side of this break. We'll get into the characters, we'll get into the gameplay, the backgrounds, all of that, and what followed after when more Acid Wash Memories returns right after this. I wanna rock right now. I'm Rob Ace and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone because I get stupid. I mean outrageous. Stay away from me if you're contagious, because I'm the winner. Don't not a loser to be an MC is what I choose. Stay calm. Punch! 
Wednesday, a night court news flash. I'm going to get married. Is it Bachelorette number one, number two, or number three? Then Seinfeld's dish wants to take him home for dessert. Unless you want to go to your place. Okay, but there's no cake or anything if that's what you're looking for. Seinfeld, right after night court. It's a new Wednesday on NBC. I don't know how these young families do it these days. Prices are going up and up. So Wendy's is going to help. We have seven delicious items in our super value menu, each just 99 cents every day, like baked potatoes with sour cream, garden salad, chili, even junior bacon cheeseburgers, 99 cents each. Every day, no surprises. So when you walk out, you have change in your pocket. Hey, Dad! Coming, Wendy. The super value menu, seven items for 99 cents each, seven days a week, only at Wendy's. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. Round two, fight! Hey, welcome back to the fight here on Acid Wash Memories. Joe Murata, Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Time for round two. Time for round right. two. How's your life bar, folks? Thanks so much for being with well, it's us re- here. It's restarted because it's round two. Brand right? We got round. a brand new life. Brand new life here. You can follow us on Twitter if you want to, uh, if you want a brand new life on Twitter at AWM Podcast. Mm-hmm. And join our Facebook group, Acid Wash Memories on Facebook. We sure do appreciate you being with us here. And we hope you're enjoying this uh, recap of how we got to Street Fighter 2. But finally, the main event. The main event. It's February of 1991, the long, cold winter of 1991. And the world doesn't know what's about to hit them. They certainly don't. No pun intended again yeah. there, right? Aha. Uh-huh. And Street Fighter II was released to arcades in Japan and in North America in the winter of 1991. I want to just briefly run down the plot in case anyone forgot the initial point of Street Fighter 2. Yes. I use that term lightly. Yeah. Uh, There's a leader of a criminal organization known as Shadow Lou, which is also sometimes known as Shadow Lou or Shadow Law. But it's official. I've heard this before. It's official canonical name right now is Shadow Lou. Okay. Okay. Anyway. They sound like serious guys. Very serious. Uh, M. Bison. More on him and his name later. Major Bison. <laughs> Not it. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bison. He, in his global domination yes. plan, again, very original. Yeah. Very creative. He says, you know what? I'm going to take over the world by setting up a fighting tournament. Right. <laughs> well, I guess I, I, I'm just making I know a theory. Is. Go ahead. That his master plan is... These are the only people who could actually stop him, so what if we just had them fight each other? Yeah. Right? That's probably it, right? He wants to pick the best fighters and then brainwash Wear them. Wear them all down. Yes. And then, and then bring them s- into his fold. Suck their bodies and up. And it, <laughs> Doesn't he have like science crap in the movie? Like, uh, to, like, take them over or whatever. <laughs> Don't bring up the movie. That's a whole different episode. That was only Wednesday or whatever. Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. For me, it was a Tuesday. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's meet the characters before we get into the gameplay, because the characters now... It's not just Ken and Ryu who have both returned. You can pick other characters. So already we're off to a better start here. Okay. You're not like just this. Ryu this or is, Ken. This is an upgrade right away. Right away. So from Japan, we have a sumo wrestler, E. Honda, Edmund Honda. Edmund Honda. Japan! When I had started playing this game, I was also aware of Yokozuna. Yes, and me too. And I was like, oh, look, it's Yokozuna. But like, Yokozuna wasn't even in WF by this no, point. No, he was not. Uh, uh, totally unrelated. But E Honda is a sumo. You probably have done his flying headbutt, his 100 yeah. hand slap, uh-huh. you doi, and yeah. all that stuff. And also that like down up maneuver. The like, sumo squat. Sumo squat, yes. That's later, though, right? I don't think he has that. Does, the he, first have game. It? Does he not have it? Maybe he gets so. it in super. Uh, it's I, super or turbo. Yeah, okay. Uh, and by the way, uh, he fights in the Japanese bathhouse. Yes. Of course he does. Great. Can we just say. 
by the way, as we go through all these, yes. th- these stages. Beautiful. This is some of the best artwork. The stages alone are like credited with like some of the best, the most iconic stages in a video game ever. 100% Quinn, because Capcom put in lush colors, uh, detail, yeah. nuance, and all these, they're animated this, in the background. This game actually, like, is notable for a couple of, like, from a technical perspective, like, it's like the total package. What a package! It runs good. It's got great music. <laughs> yep. It's got great art and stages. It's got great character design. The great mechanics. Concepts. Yeah, the mechanics. The mechanics to the fighting. All of it. It's like, basically, like, Capcom's finest hour. Like, not just that it was some phenomenon. It was, like, actually a good game. That was, like, part of it. Yeah, it's not a one-hit wonder that happened right. to catch on 100%. Yeah. They put their all into this They one. certainly did, yeah. yeah. So another new character is Blanca, or Blanca, and he's mm-hmm. from Brazil. He is basically, for all intents and purposes, a beast. Brazil! He doesn't talk. Yeah. You know, he's got the wild hair. He's also electro-charged. Mm-hmm. So he does that. He does the he does a barrel roll. No, he does. I always like thought the, he was like one of the more unique characters because that electricity thing. Like nobody has anything like that. It's yeah. like the closest thing is the hundred hand slap. As far as like you know, you're just prone there. But the, even the hundred hand slap, which is complete bull crap in the first <laughs> game, because you can walk while you're doing it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's over garbage. It like, is. Well, to to say it up front, they didn't balance the characters very well in the first iteration. So yeah, and they, they knew it too, and we're just going through the first two characters. And we're already like talking about like flaws. Like yeah. this is somewhat the thing that spun out of the first game was that it became competitive. Yes, right. Quinn. And so the flaws we're going to point out would have to be ironed out, ironed out, if you will. Uh, Blanca fights in the like a jungle uh, rainforest yeah. setting uh, on the on the river in Brazil. Another, Another new- iconic stage. Yeah, yeah. All, they all are. Guile. He is from the United States, and you fight him on an Air Force base, and he is designed with the American audiences in mind. Oh, yeah, he's got an American flag tattoo, and his stage- Blonde hair. What a, another great stage with the, with the soldiers kind of looking on, and the, and the yeah. hot chicks and, the and sunglasses, plane. and the big the big fighter jet. Yeah. And like, it's just a cool-looking stage. The music. Um, the, yeah, the iconic Guile theme. Classic theme. Yeah, it's just so good. It's under us now. Yeah, it's, it's probably so damn under, good. Yeah, it's probably under us now. And also, Guile is super broken in this game as well. Is like his flash kick is just way overpowered. He does, a and flash he has like kick. some weird air throw thing too. He right? has an air throw, and obviously the sonic boom. Yeah, one of his big moves there. Sonic boom. Also in the U.S. is Ken. We didn't mention Ken yet in yeah. his stage. So Ken is back, still has blonde hair, still has a red gi. Uh, he. Has another great stage and a great theme. Yep, on the docks. On the dock with a, a boat, or is it a cruise it's ship like in the ocean liner? Or a liner? Uh, some, some like very large boat. Yeah. It's actually like, I forget if it's more of like a liner or is it like a big towing kind of rig boat, but it, I can't it's, remember. It's supposed to be like looming over them. Like yeah. it's very large. Awesome, right. awesome detail. Yeah. And then Ryu's stage, by the way, he's just kind of in front of a house, right? Right. Yeah, it's temple. like a it's like a Japanese like those those traditional roof. I think it's. Yeah. I, I don't know if you're supposed to be on, on the, the roof tops. I can't tell. Like it, it's hard. I've always never been able to tell. But it's like a traditional Japanese castle. Kind yes, of in the background, that's what I'm. Right? That's what I'm going for. Yeah. Japanese castle, and it's got a red sky in the first Street yeah. Fighter too. So just to cover those guys. Then we have Chun Li. Now she is from China, obviously a female martial artist. Her whole thing is that she wants to avenge the death of her father, and she and believes that Bison is responsible. Who died on Tuesday. <laughs> Remember, just never forget that. You're right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> for you, the day Bison graced your village 
was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. She is uh, unique in the sense that she's a female character. Yes. And she's also very, very, very good. A great oh, yeah, character. another classic. She's fast, but she also is given a move like E Honda where she has instead of a hundred hand slaps, she has the su- like the super fast kick. Yeah, the lightning but kick. But it's kinda of, it's the same, it's done the same way as Honda's, but she can't walk with it, which is true. She can't. But she can do you can you because you can jump around and you can hop on people's heads and stuff. Yep. Like you can kind of get in front of them and just hit them with that real yeah. quick, right? And it just knocks them right down. And she does a spinning with a spinning, spinning star, star kick. kick. Yeah. Yeah. Or like an upside down hurricane kick. Right. From yeah. From the first game. Zangief from Russia, the U- well, technically the USSR. Yeah, now talk about a unique character as far as compared to all the rest is he's a grappler, right? Yeah, he's, he's a wrestler. A and wrestler. so you're trying to like, there's these maneuvers, which, and this is another aspect of this game. The mechanics are, they really went hard on like changing it up, right? It's like, it's not just this basic punch him, kick him stuff. No. Like Zangief is a guy like you throw them and then spin the joystick and he can do like a spinning like pile driver, driver and like all this cool stuff. And just that alone would be a style of character that would end up in a bunch of other fighting games. Oh, like yeah. Tekken King is just Zangief. Yes, like you, you know, like they're in, yeah. and it's kind of the same mechanics, right? Same of mechanics, throwing and doing something while you're throwing to add on to it. Yeah, he's the first of his kind in a lot yeah. of ways here, and he is also a kind of base, believe it or not, on uh, the wrestler Ivan Koloff. I mean, I, I, can, I can definitely yeah. see that. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a good guy in his country. Right. He is. So, you're going to his and he's country. He's got a bunch of Russians drinking vodka in the background. Yeah, and, and some and then factory. In a factory, and they're doing something dangerous that you're not supposed to be fighting next to. <laughs> like, <laughs> seems like a power plant, or like, I don't know what it's supposed to be. A lot of these stages, like bathtub. Like a steel plant. But like, a lot of these stages, like you're fighting next to a bathtub, you're fighting next to a boat in the water and stuff, in the middle of a street in China, these all yeah. are dangerous. Yeah, it's true. It's not safe. Uh, and then the final character, playable character, I should say, is Dalsim, and he is uh, in India. It's like a yogi. He's a yogi, yeah. yeah. He's a yoga master. Yeah, yoga. He even yeah. says it. Yoga fire. Yeah. Yoga flame. And he's only fighting to... um. To help his village. Now, he's an interesting character, too, mechanically, because what he has is his arms and legs can extend. Yep. So he can, like, kick you, but he could be, like, completely across the screen. Yeah. He, he's he's like a zoner, you know? Like, he can kind of keep you away from him. And to, to kind of balance that out, he's slow. That's right. kind of how they balance that. Mm-hmm. He's not fast at all. Yeah. Him and Zangief are very, very slow. Dalsum's like, another one that people found a lot of exploits with, because yes. it's, like, you could really, like... You could just prevent the opponent from ever even touching you. That's a good point. You know, these yeah. last two, uh, you know, in competitive play, but even in casual play, some characters get used less and are more specialty characters. Uh, Zangief and Dalsim are both kind of specialty characters. Yeah. So if you make it through all of these people, you, fight, you know, you pick your guy and then you're going to fight everyone else. There are four non-playable boss characters in Street Fighter II, The World Warriors. The first one, and we'll talk about the names here, in Japan is known as M. Bison. Right. Now, M. Bison stands for Mike Bison. Gee, I wonder who that is. <laughs> and the character of Mike Bison in Japan is a boxer who was banned for excessive violence and all that in actual Seems boxing. Seems exactly like that other fellow <laughs> we just talked about. In the United States, he was renamed Balrog, so you would know him as that in this the U.S. Here. So it's like dizzying because of this one thing, right? And the reason was that they didn't want to get like sued by Mike Tyson, right? That's one hundred percent why. Yes. So they changed it up in America, right? But because of this, 
now they have to change the names of like three characters. Yes. Right? And so it gets super confusing. By the way, uh, Balrog slash Mike Bison stage, Las Vegas outside of the Golden Nugget. Awesome. And the awesome music, stage, yeah. And he's a pain in the ass if you've never played him, too. Oh, yeah. He could be a pain. Now, he's another um, one. Once in the next one, when they let you play him, yeah. you can abuse this. Oh, yeah. Like, he's one of the top tier guys in the entire game. I love, I like, love playing his He's dialogue. cheap. Yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, he doesn't even kick. Not yeah. once. He's no, only punches. Even, even his kick buttons are punches. Are punches. Yeah. I always love that. Yeah. Then you travel to Spain, Spain, and you are going to face in Japan Balrog. Right, but it's not—it's <laughs> it's, not Mike Bison no. Balrog. It is a ninja-ish uh, Spanish matador with a claw and a mask, and you fight him in a cage. Yeah, and in the United States of America, he is known as Vega. I was just talking about how Balrog is pretty crazy, right? Vega—he can jump all over the place. Yes. Now Vega, I actually. The weekend before we record, we were recording this. There was a there was a tournament, a Street Fighter Two tournament at at the Combo Breaker Festival with the you know where they do all the tournaments or whatever, right? Yeah. Guess who the final the, the the finals was? It was two people playing Vega. Really? He's wow. ludicrous at like high level play, like because <laughs> you can't like it's hard to stop him because he's just he's when, very fast. When two people know what they're doing with him, it's just like it's all they're, they're they're they keep jumping off the walls and stuff. And that's the other thing Vega had differently than all the other characters. He could jump off the wall. He can jump off the walls, and not only that, he can pile drive you yes, after coming off the wall. Yeah, whatever. it's like it's ridiculous. And backflip out of the way of stuff. He's like the definition of like kind of BS boss character. Is right? He, is he a little too buffed? Oh, he was way too buff. He's too buff even in the final version of the game once we get to that. <laughs> uh, so he's known as Vega to most people, but in yeah. Japan, Balrog. And then we have the second to last boss here. You may recognize this man. Sagat. Yes. Now he has a scar. Now he has a this scar. It's the first appearance of the scar. Yes. And I always thought that was such a cool touch. It's a great bit. It yeah. really is. And he has a great stage, great music. His stage with the uh, statue, which is based on a real yeah. statue, I can't remember the name of it, in Thailand, we used to call that Good Thailand. Good Thailand. Because there's another Thailand. The other Thailand. But I call it Good Thailand mainly because... Like, that song yes. is so good. And then the, like, like the end of it where it gets really intense. Like, all fast. Like, it's it's so good. We didn't even mention that. That's like another weird musical touch is that... As you get down to the end of the time? No. Or your life bar? Life bar at the end of the the like match point round, whatever that is. So if like it's the second round... third. It could or be whatever, second or could third be round fifth. at like after fifty percent health or something. Yeah, and the like music it, speeds up. The and music gets speeds up. Really and cool. I, what a cool touch! Right? It is one hundred. It's like an early like they in current games they like to adjust the music based on the moments, but this yeah. is like a really early example. Well, Mario of, uh, did that when the time started to run down. Yeah, in Mario one. I'll give it. I'll give that right? too. Yeah, definitely. That's, but maybe the influence. Yeah, maybe it, it has. It, it adds a, to the intensity. It adds though. to the intensity, especially in in one on one matches yep. against real people. Another touch, though, about uh, Sagat here, Quinn, is not only has he retained his tiger mm-hmm. uh, fireballs and the tiger knee, he has spent his time between tournaments here learning his own version of the dragon punch, the, the tiger uppercut. The tiger uppercut. So now he has a weapon to use against his nemesis Ryu. Yes, tiger uppercut. 
And when he yells Tiger, if you're playing Sagat and he's got Tiger, Tiger, yeah. Tiger, oh, uppercut, oh. and you're just like, fuck. Oh, like, he, <laughs> he's terrible Like right? when you're fighting him. He, again, you know what's crazy about him? He could be the final boss of the game. Like, yeah. he's the, like the, the final four guys here, they pull no punches. They're all like kind of busted in a certain way. Yeah. Like, They're right? all difficult. Yeah. All of them, Quinn. Yeah. And then the final boss, who was known as... <laughs> Vega in Japan. Jeez, so confusing. And known as M. Bison. Mm-hmm. Before we even talk about him, I just want to say something. It's so weird to me that the Spanish character wasn't named Vega in Japan. Hmm. Like, because that's a Spanish last name. I don't, yeah, I don't you know, know what I'm where, saying, right? I don't know why they would call him Balrog. Right. Like, is that some Japanese interpretation <sighs> of that? I don't like, know. I'm wondering if it has something to do with the mask. I don't like know. maybe some some word in Japan or something. I never really understood what the Balrog maybe because bullfighter something I d- like I, I, don't I don't know. Yeah, but also Vega to me always sounded like a kind of a wimpy name for a final boss. Like I guess because yeah. we know Bison as we know him, yeah. but M Bison just sounds so like sinister. It does and better as a final boss name. Well, also because you're like, is it Mike or is it? I used to call him Major yeah, Bison. So did my friends because yeah. he had like a military uniform on, right? Yes, and he like, looks so, fifty. Yeah, he looks like he, but he also has like magical powers or something. Yeah, like, psycho power. Psycho power. Psycho yeah. Power. Anyway, so M Bison is how most people know him, unless right. you played the Japanese or version. Just bison, so just Bison. Bison. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and he is in the first game. Again, we're not going to get into the canon too much because. He evolves, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In the first game, he's basically a wannabe dictator. Remember, secret plan well, to take over the world. Game, really, right? Street Fighter 2. Sorry, yes. yes, but again, that shows yeah. that shows the yeah, continuity shows, here. You don't think about fighting street. <laughs> no. I don't think yeah. about fighting street. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Shadowloo, he's the boss of Shadowloo. And these other three people that precede him, Balrog, Vega, and Sagat, they all work for him. Yeah, for they're kind of like hired reasons. guns, yes. right? Like it's like, oh, let's see if the champion can get through these guys. Correct. Because right? yeah. these guys are no joke. Exactly. Especially Sagat, who's like the boss of the last game. Yeah, right? I mean Bison knew what he was doing. Right. You know? I mean, it's like, well, I'm just gonna hire the boss of the game. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. So uh Bison, who is of unknown origin, we don't know where he actually is from, he lives in Thailand, and mm-hmm. so he has the other Thailand stage with a giant bell and all. All yeah. that and uh, this is not good Thailand. This no. is regular Thailand. Very, very different. It's yes. like a, it's like a temple of some kind that I always got the inclination that it, it, there's something sinister, like he's using it for a base of operations or something. I, I don't think, know. I think you're right. Yeah, like there's some maybe there's something underground or some crap. I right? think you're right like, about yeah. that. Uh, so he is the final boss, and he's got the cycle power, and he is a very difficult boss character, and he would go on to always almost almost always be the boss character yeah. in later games. So he has always. that psycho crusher maneuver. Yes, where, where he tele- can, goes across the screen. And it, and it can hit you like multiple times. Like even if you block it, it's yeah. like hitting it's pain, you as yes. he's like going through you. Really is But pain. then he has some of that Vega bull crap where he can like jump all over on the place. On your head. Yeah, jump on. <laughs> jump he also has that weird like he like juts out while he's jumping thing. Yes. Plus he also has just for some reason like one of his punches, his hand turns to like like yeah, power goo of like, some kind. Yeah, I power know. goo punch. Yeah, I like, a sequel to power punch too. Yeah, like but power punch goo. also has that for some bizarre reason. It's, he's like the only other character. With not that. not in Street Fighter Two. That's an alpha thing. I thought it's in nah, it's, it's in Turbo two. or something. I don't think so, Quinn. I, I think don't that's know. in the Alpha series. Yep. It doesn't matter. Either way, we're not concerned with being accurate about every single move right. here. Goo? You can tell us he has goo hand of some kind. <laughs> like 
Some well, it's an homage to the controls of the first game. Blue stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, blue stuff. I don't know what it is, but there, there it is. There, M. Bison. There's some good bonus rounds here, too. You got the one where you got to break the barrels as they fall. Break the barrel and also the car. Iconic, which is a, a final fight. Thing. Yeah, that, yeah. They, they took that they from took, Final Fight. They took it from Final Fight. But it's beautiful. Yes, and they they reuse um, Ken's stage for that one, which yeah, is but odd. The, but the boat's gone. Right. The or boat's it's not there yet. But what's weird is, <laughs> you know what I always thought was weird about that is why did they built a separate stage for the barrel thing, but they didn't for the car, you know? Well, there's also the other, the falling barrels that are like exploding. They do that on Zangief's stage, but the sky is like clear or something. Yeah, there's that. And then they replace what it. What version of the game is that? I, I know it's in one of them. I just, is that in the arcade. original? That's okay. arcade, yeah. Uh, anyway, the gameplay on this one, we're doing an audio podcast, so we can't visually show you anything, obviously, but... God, how fluid, how responsive, how smooth and buttery and realistic it's, are the controls, It's Quinn? a huge leap, first of all, from yes. the first one, right? What I think it does right is that the timings on the moves feel correct, first of all, right? Instinctive. And not only that, but the special moves timings are excellent, right? They actually, like... When you mess up, you know it's your fault. It's not the game. <laughs> I like right? that. I like, like that. Like that. That's when you know, right? And so the execution feels attainable. It's achievable to do a Hadouken every single time you want. To. I like that. It's kind of like the game starts to become an extension of like your skill on the stick and and buttons, right? Like yeah, okay. or the control control pad. It's like it's as like, good as you are. Yeah, you can whip out the moves you want to do when you want to do them. Right. And they become second nature. They become muscle memory, right? And that's like a mark of like, okay, the controls are like really tight here. I'm with you. Unlike the other ones, I, I say this is that moves are a lot more powerful. Right. They do a lot more damage when you land them. Yes. Also, you get punished big time for like missing stuff. Like, you can get really screwed up. There's an element, and I don't know, it's not official in the in, in 2 and Turbo, but it becomes official in the later, but you could still do it. There's, a, like, a very rudimentary, like, ability to do combos. Yeah, they're accidental. They're it's, accidental. It's actually a bug. But they are not counted, and later they would turn that bug into something that would be added to your score, a and feature. you would be informed yeah. in the game that you did. That's correct, right? yes. But it existed from the get-go yeah. in, in the system. It was right? a bug that they left in. Right. They realized it, and they're like, okay, well, you can do combo, and that's uninterrupted because it was, hits. It was, yeah, it was something that the first game didn't let you do. Like, you hit them, and they'd, like, fall over, and, yeah. like, that was it. Like, But in this one, you can, like, follow up your moves with stuff. With more hits and stuff, yeah. Yeah, which, may, again, adds an element of realism, right? Because if you were, like, punching someone, you you would you might take one punch and then t take another, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, the game lets you do that. Yep. All these things, you have to remember, like, I'm saying all these things, and you're like, Quinn, that's like in every fighting game ever. This was the first one, yeah. right? It's like, that's, that's what we're talking the point. about this. And all, the, the fact that all of this comes together in this one game at this specific time before anybody right. is kind of crazy in and of itself, right? Yeah. And it's so well made that it's like it's it, it truly is like a template for a entire other genre of video games and, and the proof was in the pudding because a lot of games would be made off based off what this was doing yeah everything from the stages and backgrounds yeah. and things like that being colorful and detailed and little easter eggs in right. the right and because the basics are so sound too it does lend to other um game developers their spin on it because like the fundamentals are so solid yeah. that they can actually spin 
that stuff and make unique video games based off the the, the basic fundamentals. Like Mortal Kombat right. did. I'd say this is like fundamentals the game, right? It's like like 101, like this is how, like kind of like how Mario did for platforming. Sure. Like this does sure. it for fighting games. And I'd also say uh, that it puts the fun in fundamental because it's yeah. a damn addictive, fun fighting game. And that was the other thing. So now we get to the phenomenon of it, right? Yeah. Is like this comes out. Well, first of all, when I said that this definitely, like, nobody saw this coming, right? Because I think that was part of the phenomenon, right? Because even I remember it sure. at the time. Yeah. All of a sudden, everyone's like, hey, there's this game in the arcades. It's called Street Fighter. Nobody even said two because, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, nobody even freaking knew that existed. No one knew like, what the There's this game, Street Fighting Fighter, Street. and you can pick all these characters, and you fight each other one-on-one, and, you know, you're in the arcade. I think the, the competitive element was also a factor because you have to remember a lot of games... We're not one on one like that, right? This is the, this. this is the one that really started to shift the culture, where people were starting to compete at the machine and not for high scores, yeah, for bragging to, rights, for bragging to win, right? It got big. There's there's two aspects of the phenomenon. First of all, the game was just super popular, right? Everyone wanted to play this, so people were just pouring quarters in it. It and that might just be the the one player mode, right? Because yep. the one player mode's excellent too. Of course it is. Um, but then. After that subsided, there was this second phase where, like, then it became competitive, and this game had legs. And we talked about some of the flaws in the characters, and the legs that this game had was the cause of iterations of this game. 100%. Balancing things out and changing up moves and things like that. You know, as much as these were very smart developers, I don't think that a lot of them might have thought, Oh, this isn't one just another project, and because Capcom was kind of on fire anyway, right? Yeah. Like they were just good at video games. They were very good at video so games. So they, they they did. They obviously, were going to put their all into it, even if they didn't expect it to be sure. a huge hit. Sure. So they put their all into this, and they basically created a genre of video games. They did, Quinn, and they created a competitive scene, if you will. I they, mean, there's no Evo with that, right? There's no Evo, but there's no none of those like New York arcade no. scenes and and California arcade scenes and like all of these things cropped up. There was Chicago yeah. and like all these little scenes start cropping up. Tournament and play, tournament play, like people getting like competitive and good at this. Yeah, like a skill. That's the thing. There is a skill to it, and that to me is probably the hardest thing is probably a game developer they probably had to that they that they made maybe it was accidental i don't know but the tools that they gave the player you could skillfully be better than somebody else at right right it's not a game of chance right you can actually learn your craft you can miss moves you cannot execute properly like execution matters yeah right absolutely i think the developers expected uh, I'm, I'm sure they knew they made a. We made a good game, you right? Know? I, and I'm sure they expected some, comp- uh, you know, some yeah. competitive play, uh, but in local, but very localized. I don't really think they, you know, maybe in subways in Japan or, <laughs> yeah, or right, local right. arcades in the Midwest uh, sure. or something. Why the Midwest? I, just because. I'm just thinking just Nothing the, the heartland of America, <laughs> yeah, right? the heartland. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, like, yeah, I, they knew they were doing something good. I don't think they expected what it became, which was number one in the USA and in Japan of 1991. Mm-hmm. Number one in Japan in 1992. And how about the best-selling arcade game of the past decade? Yeah. Decade! Yeah. It, was in, in, it would beat any of the golden era arcades, which were like... Yeah. Yes, it helped... Revive the arcades for the early part of the 90s. It became, from an arcade perspective, it became essential that an arcade had 
a Street Fighter machine. Oh, if it didn't, it was a it, bullshit arcade. It wasn't arcade. an arcade. Yeah, that's, what the fuck that, you doing? That's how fundamental. Yes. Most arcades you would walk in, they had two or three of them. You had to, right? Because there were crowds around them. Yeah, I mean, there were, and there would be people just lined up. Yeah. Just, some people were practicing against the computer. Others were fighting other players. I mean, it really... It, I saw this. This is like one of my earliest arcade yeah, memories. Here. I remember it. It was... It was a phenomenon. It was huge. Uh, arcade revolution, Quinn. Yeah. A lot of players think this is the greatest fighting game of all time. Now, obviously, when you have a cash cow, what do you do with a cash cow, Quinn? You make sequels. You milk it, yes. Yes. And that they did. Uh, first of all, we ported it. Uh, it went to Nintendo, Super Nintendo in 1992. Now, this was a, a big exclusive, like, they got it for a couple months or something, right? Like They had super, it for over a year. Over a year, Super Nintendo port. gets it. Yep. Right? And very was, successful. I, I want to add on the Super Nintendo. That's a really good port. It's a very good port. Because that's the other thing that was, I think, probably the question for a lot of fans at the time, most likely, because remember, always that question, how arcade accurate it is. Yeah. The Super Nintendo one was pretty decent. It was pretty right? decent. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't amazing. Nothing was perfect. But, but it they was... retained all the moves, and the game roughly looked the same. They like, retained all the moves, characters, stages. Yeah. Most they, they, of the moves. They, they downsized the size of the characters. They had They're to. not as big. Well, they letterbox the screen. And they don't have as many frames of animation, but it's a good enough facsimile of like what the game is, but the moves are, re I feel like the moves being retained, I think for the fans, especially the competitors that yeah. they could practice at home, yes. I think that's what they really wanted. And the right? gameplay was just as solid. Right. The controls were still they good. They nailed the controls they still, did. which was probably the hardest part to exit. And probably clearly what they focused on. Most essential part, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Now, Continuing to milk the cash cow, in March of 1992, that's only 13 months after the initial release, we used the old uh, CPS hardware here to do some upgrades to the existing game, and we get Street Fighter II Champion, which is known as Street Fighter II Dash that's in Dash. Japan. Very Dash. Got to be different. Uh, now, this game introduced a few different things. Uh, alternate colors for the characters and mm. for the stages. So, this would be a tradition in future Street Fighter. So, if you hit a different, if you hit low punch, high punch, yeah, low kick. Some games would later introduce, like, combinations of buttons yes. to add even more outfit colors. Yep, color schemes. So, that was pretty cool. The stages all got a different cosmetic look. Nothing fundamentally changed, but, like, uh, Ryu mm. Sky was now blue instead of red. Mm -hmm. Things like that. You could also fight the same character, which you couldn't do in the first one. You could have a mirror match. Mirror match is introduced, which, yep. again, huge for competition because now yeah. the players are not limited to who they can pick. It's not, oh, you stole my guy. Right. So that takes that out of the... So, so that's cool because that shows you they were aware of the competitive aspect they at, were. This, at this point in at this, already by the first iteration, yeah. right? Because that's what they were doing here. There was like balance differences too. Like they... They, yes, yeah, so that was another thing. Some of the broken ass characters. Kyle got leveled up. He got uh, nerfed a little yeah. bit. Yeah, uh, well, he right? should have. Like he's he's complete crap competitively <laughs> in the first version. He is. Like, everyone he's knows so that. So unfair. He is, he is. Yeah. And then I guess the biggest thing that most people got excited about, I know I did uh, when I played a home version later mm -hmm. of this, is you could play as the four previously unplayable boss characters. Yes, and to me this was again such a smart move. Yep. Because that was the real draw. I think for a lot of people because again especially probably the competitive players right they're like yes. how does Bison like how do you what do they play like like yeah. how do you like what are their what are even their moves right right it's like everyone had to figure all this out well you figure you had eight playables in the first Street Fighter 2 eight fights 
Now you're adding four by fifty percent. You've increased now uh, the lifespan of the game. And in you terms added of, nothing. You just you just yes. added the the selectable on the screen. You just turn them on basically. Yeah. So Street Fighter Two Champion Edition was very successful in the arcades throughout '92 into '93 in the U.S., Japan, and the U.K. And this is interesting. There was one straight port of this, meaning not Champion bundled into something. Yeah. There was one straight port of Street Fighter Two Champion or it, Dash, yeah, or Dash. If, if you're if you're listening in Japan right yes. now, yes. In which case, we'd be very surprised. Yeah. Uh, in fact, this would be Street Fighter Two Dash because it was only in Japan mm-hmm. and it was for the PC Engine in 1993. Weird. Street Fighter Two Dash. So that is Champion. The in between between the next biggie and and one that got a lot of home release and a lot of attention which was Street Fighter II Turbo Hyperfighting in December of 92. But, Quinn, we got to talk about why this existed. So yes. this is only nine months after Champion. Right. So one of the problems, even with Champion, was the pace of the game was rather slow. But, like, slow if you know of Turbo, really. Like, yeah. I, the fans didn't probably... Probably nobody really noticed too much, although the modding community definitely did. Yes. Because this is what ended up happening, right? I don't know all the full motivations, but I assume that a lot of arcade operators wanted to enhance the rate of play to yes. get more people keep to the tr- keep, keep it keep, moving, keep the keep, keep the, the money train. Going. Yeah, keep the money. So the, they wanted the matches to be faster. Yes. And so one of the tricks that they figured out was, you know, they know a guy that knows a guy who can <laughs> modify the board. Yeah, and get you to a black ma- box too to make the characters move quicker. Yes, which in turn would make the matches move faster, which would in turn get more people on the machine, right? Putting the and same get, amount of operating hours yes, for your exactly. establishment. Um, but this also became popular amongst players because, honestly, the, the enhanced speed, that had consequences on top of it all, right? Because I think that's also what enables some of the, more of the combos to be executed yes. because, like, the frames are all, like, messed up and stuff. And they broke the game yeah. in hacking it, too. Yeah. You would have uh, Hadoukens that bounced. Yeah. You would have air combos and air moves and You could, things. like, juggle people and do, like, yeah. two Shurukens before they even fell and Correct. stuff like that. In breaking the game to adjust the speed, people figured out how to do other things, sometimes with intended or unintended. Kind of like when you use Game Genie and you put in random shit. Right, but this it this, hacks the game. This speed modification, Capcom it, took note, which would become known as the Rainbow Editions. That's the most famous bootleg edition. But yeah. there, is there there was no singular Rainbow Edition? Am I right? It's mm, like it was all different modifications. There's several by, yeah, rainbows. Yeah. yeah, it's just like a blanket term for like they increase the speed on the game. Yes, right? and this is of if you're keeping track, this is of Champion of Champion of right? Champion, of course, because that has the extra characters Correct. too. So, okay, so they're doing this. Capcom takes note, and they're like, well, if the op- arcade operators want it, we can just, we have the ability to just add speed options into the, the game. Yeah. Why don't we just do that, and then now we have a new version of the game, right? right? We made the game. Right, we can, yeah, we can, we can <laughs> they don't need to go to some guy down the street to right. do it. We can do it for them and, and deliver the machines right to their door. Cash cow still has milk. Squeeze that udder, baby. Right. And, and that's what they did. And so I feel like Turbo, of the... First, I guess version of the of Street Fighter yeah. Two is kind of like the supreme like version, the right? Definitive. Because here's the thing: is Turbo on home, and I don't know if in the arcade you can adjust the speed. If I think the only arcade, in the dip switches, only a dip switches, yeah. right? But at home version, it had the ability to to mess with the speed all you wanted, and you even had the ability to revert the speed back to the original. Yeah. So 
the turbo version for home was awesome yes. because it was basically every version it was right? it was like you had everything you had everything correct right. the only real modifications that they made for turbo is they changed the colors again this has more of the pastel color scheme for everything uh, and they probably did that just so it wasn't only the speed you know right. what i mean it's like we have to offer them something <laughs> right. else right a couple of new moves were added uh you could finally uh chung lee had a fireball which she didn't have in the first one right I or did she? I don't remember when she got the fireball. I think the fireball was added here. But I think what you're saying is important, too, is that they took the opportunity to balance the characters a little bit more. More balancing. Like, to yep. any, any of the consequences from what they did from Championship, now they now they have another, they, they have a second chance to futz around. Futz with the, around, yeah. yeah. And they definitely did. They definitely did. And as such, this was very successful in 93, this mm-hmm. game, as, as 1993 went on. And Quinn mentioned the, uh, the home port. So for Super Nintendo, you would have played this as Street Fighter 2 Turbo. And this is the one I had. This I, is the I one did I not the have most. the original one. I had this one. I had the original, but I played this a lot too. I rented yeah. it. Uh, there's also a normal mode, if you recall, in the Super Nintendo version. So right. you have the turbo, the hyper turbo mode. And then normal mode gives you the champion color scheme. Yes. Which I like, and it's the normal speed. Right. So like Quinn said, you're getting champion, but it's like bundled it's with like turbo. It's like final edition, basically. They yeah. might as well have just called it that, right? Because they yep. move on to super after this, which is kind of like a different uh, we'll version. Be, we'll get there. But hyper fighting is like... It's like a really high selling game from my understanding too. It was like a Across lot of board. a lot of people got that the, specifically got that one. The Super Nintendo version was a hot seller, but so was the Sega version and this one is known as Special Champion and the reason it's special mm-hmm. is because really Capcom gave Super Nintendo, all right, you guys get Street Fighter 2 Turbo. And in the meantime, Sega was working on Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, which they completely scrapped. You can look this up. They even had screenshots and stuff. Mm -hmm. They rebuilt it from the ground up again as Special Champion. But Sega had a problem in porting Street Fighter, namely the controller. The controller, (laughs) which we talked about in our 16-bit wars. They had to actually make a whole new control, their six-button control, just right. to do this game. Just to so Street Fighter could annoying. exist because yeah. you could play. They they did make a way to yeah, play. You had, it, a had a toggle. You had a toggle start yep. to to do punch and kick, but it was awful. It was it definitely was. not a way to play the game. So for Sega, that's another thing that Street Fighter probably did for them was that all of a sudden they could sell new controllers. Yeah, that's right? a good point. You know, it's like point. oh, now there's a six-button controller. Yep. So Special Champion, though, for all intents and purposes, it is turbo for the most part. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much turbo because there is the speed control. Because Capcom really only made one game. They just made turbo. Yeah, it's turbo. Yeah. But it's just branded as Special Champion. The response to Street Fighter 2 Special Champion Edition has been incredible. Let's check it out. But the the story doesn't end there because we go back to the uh, Capcom farm here and we check out that cow and we see if we have some more milk left and uh, we give it a shot with... September of 1993's Super Street Fighter 2, The New Challengers. Now, I gotta say, Quinn, by this point... I was gonna say it, too. It does seem like, uh, why are they not making Street Fighter 3? Street Fighter 3, right? Let's mention this. This is the same quote-unquote engine, and what I mean by that is, if you play this, it feels exactly the same. Yeah. It looks relatively the same. But it was actually entirely redrawn. The sound was all redone on the brand new CPS2 hardware. Yes, and there was a couple factors going on. First of all, yes, CPS2 was definitely part of it. They wanted to get that machine into the yep. you know into the arcade operators because yes, it was better and yeah, there was uh, CPS2 had a lot of games for it. Oh in the yeah, end. it was like it was, a big it was like one of the mainstream boards that 
you know, supported a lot of video games throughout the 90s. Correct. And I, I believe eventually, like, the Marvel vs. Capcom game... Yeah, they, they ran on, on CPS too, didn't they? X-Men versus Street Fighter and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was all CPS like, too, I think. Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Like, all these, like, all these wacky games. Like, all, like... Right. Uh, they all ran on CPS too. So, yeah. that was, like, part of it, right? Like, this was, like... Super was like the anchor game, right? Yeah. It was like, okay, like this is going to get it in the door, right? The, the established game. But there was also like, I've heard talk that Street Fighter 3 development, they were, they, they, they couldn't decide what they wanted to do. Like, I think they, they were working on Alpha 2 also, but they didn't know if that was going to be 3. And yeah. these were all rumors and stuff. But and I just, yeah, like, but the point is, is like clearly Capcom was like undecided in like 90, what, 3 Three. or 93, like, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah. Right? So they, they're like, well, we got to keep feeding the monster here, yeah. right? And to compensate for the fact that they're releasing the same frigging game again, they've included four new characters. And this was cool. I gotta like, give, yeah, got to give them that. This was pretty cool. You have a DJ, a kickboxer from Jamaica, mm-hmm. T-Hawk from uh, Mexico, mm-hmm. and he is even taller than Sagat. Yeah, Native American. Yeah, Native American. You have Cammy. Yes. The, probably the most enduring of the four new characters from England. Definitely. Super fast. Um, you know, little elements of Chun-Li, but no, like... No, and Vega. And Vega. Yeah, she's like this weird hybrid. Amalgam, yeah. yeah. Excellent character. Yeah. And then you have from a Hong Kong, Fei Long. Fei Long. Which is Bruce Lee. Super cheap. Yes. No, I never liked Fei Long because he He's has that, fast. the Rekka where yeah. he can do that punch thing. Yes. Like, it's bull crap. And there's like the animals in the stage and yeah. they're annoying too. Well, it's just it's just Dalsam stage with elephants yeah, yeah. all over <laughs> That's again. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and this game here uh, gave you eight different color schemes depending on your mm-hmm. button presses when you selected your yep. character. And those new stages had all new music, too. Yes, they did. All Don't new music. Cami stage notably had a really cool song. Great theme. Yeah. They also redid, remixed all the music in general right, for Right, because this they game. were going to new boards. So yeah, new, new board. Which means new sound chip, which yep. means we gotta, <laughs> we gotta redo all this stuff, yep. right? And they sure did. Didn't they have a new intro as well? It had, like, this realistic yes, Ryu. I, charging up a Hadouken. Right, right? which... You know, again, look at the technical. Like, you know, this is. I'm. I'm I always think that was for the arcade operators. Definitely, so, it's, like to be like, look at look at how advanced. Look this at what is. you're getting with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, look at that. It's like a tech demo or something. This this Ryu, this super yeah. advanced looking version. It did of look cool. Yeah, uh, but it did have two things that kind of annoyed people. Well, maybe just one, but two that annoyed me. The speed was reduced back to champion levels, which always felt like. Oh, they're just going to make a turbo. Yeah. I even thought that like back in the day. I'm yeah. like, there's just a turbo of this, isn't you there? No, they did that on yeah. purpose. But uh, the most annoying thing to me, and I will take this with me until I am no longer here, is that uh, they changed the announcer. <laughs> oh, from, you don't like that guy. From the gruff and like serious, like, you win and right. all that, to, hi. <laughs> yeah. Hi, let's fight. Round what one, from fight. Sakoni Youth. What is he, like, from Sesame Street? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Ryu wins or whatever. <laughs> just Big Bird over here. Just horrible. Round. Fight. Final. You. Win. He stinks. I, yeah, I you, don't I, like him. I didn't realize he was, he was such a villain to you. Well, what sounds cooler? You win. Or yeah. you win. Neither of them Why is he even, so happy? Neither of them really even fit Street Fighter to me. No, like, the I, first I'm ex- guy does. Do not make fun of him. No, because he's too gruff. Like, I'm, no, this is serious. Like, when it, they're fighting yeah, on the street. Yeah, but it's a fighting, so I'm expecting a flamboyant like announcer. Like, what? Ryu! Or like something like that. Like, he's like a boxing announcer or something. 
right? Like, what if they had like an old timey boxing? Yeah, announcer. yeah. Like, I want something. And this gonna. Yeah, like you. That's to me like a fighting game. Like yeah. that's why I think that. That's why I always think they went with more extreme announcers later on to because that really is like what you expect like in, the, in a in a one on one fight. The guy in Alpha where he's like, "Fuck you, man!" or yeah, whatever yeah. he's yelling the whole yeah. time. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, <laughs> there's also the guy in three that's that's he he's just got this like really deep voice <laughs> and there's like there's this stupid thing he's like yeah that's good or like he like he like like like, like something it's like like a hype man oh though. yeah that like they're, 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 that happens I like there's you. some there's something like that i believe you anyway uh it did do well enough in japan mm-hmm. in 94 was the six highest it did well in the usa and it oh, was i remember the three hold on i just want to say this in what? Three, say the, the announcers that makes sense like that's my favorite like random line that the three announcer says i'm gonna start saying that to you <laughs> that makes sense that makes sense why did they put that in the game it's why, so weird why the hell not yeah that makes sense Super Street Fighter 2 was ported to Genesis and Super Nintendo in uh, the summer of 94. I didn't really play it much because I like Turbo already. I'm not... What am I doing? I... I played it occasionally. I'll say this. I sought that out because, like I said... four new characters. Well, to, it wasn't my third one. It, for you, for you, it was your third one. For me, it was my oh, second. So I got... I had Turbo... Okay, fair enough. ...that I got, yeah. and then I got this, and I was okay. like... Because it felt like the sequel to me at the time. I mean, it was, but it was like the intermediate, right? Right, It's yeah. like when Sega... Instead of putting out the fucking Saturn, they're like, mm-hmm. what about if we do 32X? It's This is what yeah, that is. Yeah, it's 32X of Street it is, Fighter. It is. Uh, it was also ported of the FM Towns. And, what uh, about the Marty? I, no, Marty. And uh, DOS. I actually had the DOS version for shits back in like 97 yeah, or something. So actually, I did. You know what's interesting that you're saying that is it's at this point, too, that not only had Street Fighter like, you know, they made eight zillion versions, but it was ported to like everything else ever like there starts to be like yeah. game boy versions yeah. and like all this stuff it was all sorts of versions and and ones that came later after they were well out of the arcades yeah it would get released was on was other there media one on like commodore 64 like somehow street fighter 2 i think was yeah the first like, street fighter 2 like they, they yeah. really like went nutty with the ports they did and they went nutty with yet another iteration this is our final iteration that we're talking about here of street fighter 2 this of course was february 94 only like six months later whatever it is mm-hmm. now Five months later, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. Now this is notable for a couple of things. First off, it came out like later or whatever, and so they didn't like port it to the you know like Super Nintendo. No, they didn't even they, bother. They didn't even bother. Right? It, you had to get like PlayStation or like uh, well 3DO and like all this like weird stuff. I'll cover the port. So it was ported to 3DO in November '94, mm-hmm. which was contemporaneous at the time. It did not see like a wide because no one really had 3DO. It did not see the yeah. widespread uh, home releases until 1997's With that Street Fighter collection, the collection, PlayStation right. and Saturn. But here was the problem by that point to me personally. Do you remember what that collection came with? Super Street Fighter 2 regular. No, it came with Street Fighter 2 and Tur- Turbo. Yeah, and Turbo, right? And Alpha which, 2. Okay, which is what I bought it for initially. Right. But then the second disc has Alpha Street Fighter 2. Alpha 2 Gold. Gold. And then I remember, I didn't know much about Street Fighter Alpha, and I remember sticking that in, and I'm like, I never want to play Street Fighter 2 ever again. Like, oh, that's, so how, that's what uh, hooked you on Alpha. Alpha, that was that specific collection yeah. that I bought f- f- to finally play Super Turbo. Yeah. It had Alpha in the back, and I Alpha was like, gold, yeah. wow, Alpha 2 is amazing. It like, was. Yeah, and so I, I just stuck on that afterwards. That, I moved to that. That'll be another episode, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but Super Turbo brought back the speed. So now right. it was faster again. 
you could also do super combos. This is the first Street Fighter game where there was a combo counter in regular Super. Yes, that it was the first time it was introduced where the they counter. started telling you that there was actual combos. But this is the one where you can actually fill up a combo meter and then do like a final combo. Right, like a su- it's a super move, right? Yeah, it's so a they, super they, move. They essentially added, and here's the thing too, is like this was one of the first fighting games to do it. It would be a fundamental thing, yep. which is interesting that they, that this would actually like what the super meant in the title was the super meter, right? Which would be just known in general in fighting games from there for to for, till now even as meter, meter, right? Like yeah. the game has meter, yeah. Meaning when you hit your opponent, your meter grows, yep, right. And I believe also if you block moves, your meter grows. I think so. And there's some kind of balance between you get more or less if you block or some games flip it around. Yep. Like they, there's all sorts of different meter rules. Yeah, as meter go rules. On. They would, they would, it's true though. They would like mess with I the know. concept, but I this know. was one of the first to do it. Yes. And so when you did this, for example, to do like Ryu Super Hadouken, you just did down forward, down forward. So you add another down forward and then punch, right? Yep, and then it does it. Same with Ken. It's 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 forward, down, forward, down, yep. punch to punch. do this Super Shuriken. Mm-hmm. You know, the most notable thing though about this game is that it introduced a hidden character. Now this is based on an old EGM hoax and like yeah. rumor from the early 90s about the original Street Fighter 2 where people just made up shit because of EGM. The EGM published an article where it's like if you beat Bison like 10 times or something yeah, and like so, they made some ludicrous <laughs> thing that like nobody could ever do. Yeah. Because like, that was the joke. Yeah, it was an April Fool's joke. Yeah. Right? Some insane without thing. Without dying with, ever. Without or dying and it has to go to like 10 rounds or something yeah. stupid. Yeah. And then some old guy that looks like Ken Arai will come in and knock Bison out of the picture and you fight him. His name is Sheng Long. Now this is based on when Ryu and his uh, win quote would say you must defeat Sheng Long to stand a chance which is like a mistranslation of Dragon Punch. It's a whole yeah. thing you can it's, look it's into like it. It's like a whole stupid thing. Like it's not even a person. Right. But yeah. Sheng Long became known unofficially on the streets and because of this magazine as Ken and Ryu's trainer. Which by the way I just want to say for to EGM's credit that was like that was one of their all-time yes. April Fool's jokes that it's actually like worked. Yes. Like cuz EGM would every year back in the day have an April Fool's yes. joke and they would hide it in the magazine you didn't know where it was. Yep. And that one was like an all-timer. Like a lot of people fell it for it. It spread, man. I yeah. heard about it. Yeah. I heard that. I heard about it too. And I tried to get to Shen Long and yeah. I could never fight Shen Long. So finally, Capcom in their sagacity, they say what we're going to do is we're going to program a character into the game where and I think it's where you you have to beat the game undefeated. Unde- like, that's all ha- it is, that's right? On one token. It's yeah. a lot more realistic. Right. So that's all it is. So yeah. if you do that, then you get to fight this secret character who is... Akuma. Yeah. And Akuma is dressed like Ken Ryu. Mm-hmm. He knocks Bison out of the... Like, he beats up kinda, Bison. Yeah, it feels almost like they were, like, in the know they about did the GM rumor. Yeah. yeah. And then you can fight Akuma. Now, in the home version, I don't know about 3DO, but in the PlayStation 1, you can select him. If there's you, a way. He's there's like a way. On the, He's on the slicing screen. You got to do some... Cra- you got, there's some... You have to, like, hold L and R or something. It's something. They, like, opened it up in the home port. Yeah. But only on PlayStation? I don't think it was on 3DO. I don't think it? it's on the 3DO. Yeah. Uh, I never played I mean, the that The PlayStation 1 came out, like, years later. Yeah. Like, he better be in the... <laughs> Freaking game. Like, geez. Yeah, he was already established by yeah, that as yeah, canon, right? Yeah, he was in Alpha already. Like, it's come true. on. Just put him in the damn game. It's true. So, uh, Akuma made his first appearance in uh, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo as a hidden character. 
Also, I guess worth mentioning was the uh, Hyper Street Fighter 2 that came out in 2004. Right. So this was a, like for the 10th anniversary, I believe. Yeah, or something like it that. It was one of those things. 10th anniversary of Super Turbo, maybe. I don't right. Know. So they released something called the, um, I want to say, not the Street Fighter Collection. It was Street Fighter Anniversary Collection. Anniversary Collection. And it had various Street Fighter games on it. Um, yeah. And you know what's funny? You know what they did again to me? What? So I buy it for this hyper mode, right? Yeah. This hyper mode, which we'll explain in a second. But guess what game they also put on it for the first time ever on a non-Sega console? Uh, Alpha 3? Third Strike. Third Strike. And that's how I got introduced to Third Strike, my favorite Street Your Fighter favorite ever. One. Yeah, and, of course. And, and they, of course, I buy it for that game and I get distracted <laughs> like, and end up never playing it because that's it funny. has Third Strike and I start playing that with my friends were like, where did this game come <laughs> from? Because we never got to play it in the arcade. Yeah, because they never released it when people cared. They put it on... The first time you could get it at home was like on Dreamcast, but that controller stinks for that. Yeah, it's yeah. clunkier for yeah. that. So, okay. So, hyper. besides this third strike business, yes. um, Hyper Street Fighter. Very right? hyper. All it was was a version of Street Fighter 2 that, you know, I think it retains all the turbo modes and stuff. Yeah. Um, however... When you pick a character, you can select version one of Guile, version two, right, and right. like all the different versions and iterations of him. So the broken one from the first yeah. one. Which I think that this this concept, believe it or not, I recently found out about this too. Yeah. Was introduced in Super Turbo. There was a way you could play what was called old Ryu. Yeah, and it's from the and, super. Regular. He doesn't have the super. He doesn't have the super meter. Correct. Like it, and so like that's that's the difference, and he has some different characteristics or something like with his fireball or some shit. Yeah, the, yeah, any of the subtle differences yeah. will so, revert it back. So, instead so when they made Hyper, they just give you like when you select the character, you can just like actually just pick pick the one you which want, which version yeah. you want. So, I guess that takes that old Ryu instead of doing a code, it's just you can pick just old there Ryu. For you. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one that you and I used to play a real lot Quinn that we we both loved, and I loved it because of the way they redrew it. And uh. yeah, some people this this I found out much later is like between the community. Some people don't like the art style. It's some fine. people do. I liked it. I did too at the time. So, I did. 2008's Street Fighter II Turbo HD Remix. Beautiful game. So loved playing. Yeah. It. So this game's cool because everything's redrawn in this more. Um, I guess I, I don't know how to describe. It. It's not sprite based. And, and like I said, the community is torn on the artwork because it was very of its time, the yeah, artwork. Um, that's when I played it was uh, of its time. Yeah, in, in you know, in 2007 or something, Eight, in yeah. 2008. That's when I played um, it. I enjoyed it a lot, just like you. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the bigger draws here for me personally was the fact that the stages were widescreen. Yeah. You know, because it, it was HD, right? And it was like, oh, finally, we can play these stages like on a modern television. I like that. And yeah, and so you can kind of see behind you and stuff. And I, I just always thought that was cool. The stages looked beautiful because they, they did and we played a lot of that game we used to pass one of the prop wwe belts to each other mm -hmm. whoever was the champion yeah, we, we got played a lot of that game yeah. and the cool thing about that game was um i remember when it was when it came out that in the magazines or online or whatever people were doing back then to read about video games remember they said one of the big focuses on that was that they lined up the frames you know when you boot it up it feels and plays in all the timings and everything exactly like Super Turbo. And like, that's what they, they modeled what they it after. For, yes. And it just, it plays exactly like that. And it even is down to, like, even though the characters are chunkier, their hitboxes yes. are still exactly the same as they were on the original. They were completely faithful to that. It right. felt like playing one of the originals. Yeah, yeah, there was no difference. Just different art. That's just it. Just different art, yep. yeah. I guess the... 
the whole deal with going through this, and we can always do more down the road, folks. Let us know if you like this and you want us to explore the Alpha series or the movie uh, and the video game based on the movie and, and Street Fighter and Street Fighter 3, 3 and, 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 yeah. and the Marvel versus and all that stuff. Yeah. We have a lot of time left to do this, yes. you know, down, down the road mm-hmm. in the future. But overall, Street Fighter 2, all the modifications notwithstanding, it really did lead to a bit of an arcade renaissance in the 90s. Absolutely. A runaway um, hit. It is 100% credited with um, reviving the arcades that were, believe it or not, starting to fade in 91. Yeah, I mean, when the it, golden age was out. over. The golden age was over, and the late 80s little boom was even over. Yeah. Like, there was, because there were little bursts there in the late 80s, yes. too, that sort of kept things crawling along. But Street Fighter, like, brought people back into the arcade yeah. in force and in numbers that they might have not even seen during the golden era. It was right. that. These arcades were hopping. They were, like, this yeah. game. And yeah. It gave opportunity to other fighting games like the SNK ones and Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat in those same arcades to also make money. Correct. And I felt like there was a time period when Street Fighter came out that everyone was trying to make a fighting game. You know how like when when Doom came out and first person shooters became sure. popular, like Street Fighter was like the same thing. It was like now every company wanted to have a fighting game. Well, I mean, right? the Ninja Turtles got in on it. Yeah, the Turtles got in on <laughs> it. Know, I mean, everyone got, got in. Tournament it, fighters. It was it was wild. It was a wild it time. It really did open the eyes of you know game makers and fans to this new genre. Absolutely, and like we said, it also um, emphasized face to face competition. The community that came around this is fascinating in its own right. And yeah. we mentioned briefly the Evo tournament, but that's just like, that's like the final form. What it did was start communities across America and Japan, namely. Yeah, Those were the main course. two countries. And, so, and some international, European, uh, UK, like they started getting, South America started getting in on it. Yeah. All of these little scenes, you know, they all got together and said, what if we had this one where everyone comes together and it's called Evolution. Yep. And, like, and that's what led to other great moments. But it all owes all of this a great debt to Street Fighter 2. It absolutely right? does. It does. And and it's cool that community is an aspect to it. Yeah, I what, think... What games can say that? That's know? a good point. It's one of the first to, to do so. Yeah. I think that whether or not, you know, it's maybe anyone's favorite fighting game or fighting game series, the influence of it is undeniable. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like it, but it's undeniable. And folks, we want to hear from you in the uh, sense of what is your favorite iteration of the Street Fighter series. It doesn't have to be a Street Fighter 2 game. It could be any of them. Maybe you know? you're into the alphas or, yeah, three, or 3. Or maybe all those iterations of 4. Yeah, that's true. Even 5 had iterations. 5 had iterations. Yeah. Let us know your favorite Street Fighter game and really, if you played Street Fighter 1 in the arcade before 2 came out, yeah. we really, yeah. really... <laughs> there might be cash compensation Sorry, for that. I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> we want to hear from you guys and we hope you enjoyed this journey from the beginning to the Street Fighter 2 series here. We really do appreciate you being with us. Uh, obviously, next week we will be back for something completely different. Yes. But until that time, thank you so much for being with us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our Facebook group. But until next week, this is Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. We'll see you next time for more Acid Washed Memories. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. We'll see you next week.